Greetings, I'm Laura Valtorta. Welcome to episode seven of my podcast, B is for Bisexual. This story is called Mushroom Life, and it's about everybody's favorite neighbor, Herman Smith. Herman gets involved in everybody's business. He's nosy in a good way. I set the story in Syracuse because my sister lives near there in Jamesville, and the houses in her neighborhood are really nice. I can imagine a painter like Herman living there. Joining us in the reading are Marco, a computer scientist, and Dante, a musician. Don't forget to watch my films, including Bermuda and Disability, on channels such as Amazon Prime, Filmocracy, and Tubi. My collection of short stories, B is for Bisexual, is available on Kindle. A shout out to listeners in Great Britain, Canada, South Carolina, and Rhode Island. And now, Mushroom Life. When Herman Smith's mother died, he built a gigantic sun porch to commemorate her on the back of their house. It had almost continuous windows, three skylights with remote control shades, and a gas fireplace. Winters got cold in Syracuse, and he wanted to use the room in January. His mother had suggested the fireplace. It was a wonderful spot for bird watching and painting. Using all of Mom's money and keeping the house for himself was written into his mother's will. Your sister Lily won't mind, she told Herman as she lay dying from breast cancer. She has her mushroom family in San Francisco and that brilliant job with the doodle company. Mushroom was Francis's adjective for bland, stable, and vegetarian. She wasn't thinking about the superior qualities of a fungus. After the funeral, which Lily attended for one day with her husband and three children before flying back to San Francisco, Herman redid the kitchen, putting in red granite countertops and a large island. He blew out one wall to make it open concept. The houses in his upscale neighborhood were large and on three-acre lots, but they had been built in the 1990s. He added the sun porch. The last improvements he made were planting rose, raspberry and blueberry bushes in the front yard. They flourished. His neighbor, Joe Cavalario, came over carrying a bucket while Herman was sitting on his porch swing watching the birds. Can I pick some of these berries? They're just going to the birds. Sure thing, neighbor. Herman was surprised to see Joe cross the street and make the long trek up the driveway. Nobody had heard Joe talk since his two-year-old child had died 18 months earlier. Herman and his chatty neighbor Darlene talked about it a lot. Poor Joe, poor Liz, said Darlene. How can they survive the death of their only child? Herman considered secretly that his mother's death, even at the age of 79, was as sharp a cut to his soul. His mother was the love of his life. They'd watched classic TV shows together, laughed at everybody. But he could rise above her death. His mother who had worked as a psychiatric nurse, had given him the gift of survival. She left him instructions. 
You're not a mushroom growing on a rotten log, son, she had told him. Don't live like one. Herman worked as an accountant at a large law firm. He recorded all the money the lawyers charged people for divorces and deaths, for suing doctors and insurance companies, for sorting out car accidents. Sometimes he thought about drinking a beer with Daniel DeMarco or playing golf with Sam Stein. But all of those lawyers had weekends and families, Thanksgiving dinners and trips to Florida. They scurried around with luggage. Herman often thought they missed seeing the world around them. Joe took a long time picking the berries. Get all of them, Herman told him. I just picked six quarts for a couple of berry pies. Joe said nothing but continued picking. Cheerful people like Darlene usually brightened up at the mention of berry pies, but Joe's face stayed plastic. He searched for more berries. Want to go for some coffee? Herman tried. Joe nodded. Put those berries away and meet me up front. Herman backed his yellow Volkswagen Beetle out of the garage. He turned off the engine and waited. It took Joe a long time to walk to his house and come back outside. Get in, said Herman, rolling down the window. It seemed he had to direct Joe to do everything. Joe had longish black hair and sad rodent eyes. Dinosaur donuts okay with you? Dinosaur was filled with screaming kids on Saturdays, but this was Wednesday at 11 a.m. The kids would be at swimming lessons or riding their bicycles. Herman was on a stay-at-home vacation. I usually take off two weeks during the summer, he told Joe. The poophead lawyers I work for are off on suffering vacations with their wives in Hawaii or Orlando. Joe smiled. Well, I'm an attorney. I'm working at home today. Oh, yeah? Then you know exactly what I mean. The guys I work for are money machines. I should know. I'm an accountant for Miles and Duff. You know, maybe I'm one of the good guys. Who knows? My business is getting people disability and suing private utilities like the Shot Water Company we have in our neighborhood. Herman rolled his eyes. My mother and I would have avoided this neighborhood if we had known about the private water. Well, sorry to hear about your mother dying, said Joe. Instead of pointing out she was 79 years old or remarking she'd had a happy life, he decided to tell Joe the truth. I miss her so much, it hurts. Joe looked down at his hands. At Dinosaur, Herman suggested they get a half dozen special, with three of them being Herman's favorite, cinnamon sugar. Joe's half were coconut creme. They both got black coffee. A girl waited on them. You know, my wife still cries about her, her baby daughter, Bethany, every night, said Joe as they sat down. Herman shook his head. I don't know what to say, except I wish my mother was still here. I wish she could live to 105. Joe bit into a donut. How do you manage without her? I see you're not married. No, sighed Herman. I prefer the single life. No interesting men around. All of them are married and bored. Joe set, set down his coffee and narrowed his eyes. Was the homosexuality some kind of a surprise to him? Herman wondered what Joe imagined was going on here. Herman was a 55-year-old single man who lived with his mother, duh, 
Of course he was gay. Don't tell me you're a Republican. No. Said Joe. Independent. Well, phew. I thought maybe I'd have to lock myself back into the closet. Catholic upbringing. Said Joe. I just have to stop and remember we're not living in the Middle Ages. Yeah, the Middle Ages were only alright for guys if you were the king of France. Said Herman. Or a priest. Joe gave him a blank look. Don't worry about it, Joe. They sipped their coffee for a few moments. How do you get along without your mother? Her name was Frances, said Herman. She left me a set of detailed instructions for survival. You're kidding. No, I'm serious. Two handwritten diaries, 150 pages each, and they tell me what to do. Make me laugh. So what does it say? Joe's eyes brightened so that they became more like marbles than a mouse's eyes. First, it detailed the changes I should make to remodel the house. I'm through with that now. She wanted white marble, but I used red granite for the counters. She said to avoid below-average people. Then she told me to beef up my art. What kind of art? I do acrylic paintings. Mother loved my work. Are you any good? I think so. Portraits. And I paint fast. See that woman over there? Herman pointed to a wild-haired woman with donut and coffee, frowning over the New York Times. I could paint her this afternoon. No way. You're talking about a cartoon drawing, right? No, an actual painting. Well, I have to see this. My wife is redoing her workout studio. She won't be home until 10 p.m. I've got nothing to do but watch you paint. It might not work, said Herman. I'm nervous about people watching. Let's make it interesting. If I think the painting is good, I dare you to bring it back here in two days and put it up for sale here at Dinosaur Donuts. Joe gestured toward the walls. See, they sell artwork here. Four sad pictures of donuts and coffee hung on the walls for $300 each. Okay, I'm game. My work is better than this. And you have to let me set the price. I'm taking 10% off the top. Oh, so you're becoming my broker. I've never sold a painting. (laughs) Either we'll get rich or we'll have a good laugh. Back at Herman's house, the sun porch was littered with canvases and empty tubes of paint. Let me clean up, said Herman. He set aside a sketch of a funny-looking woman with her mouth open, gesturing. That's Darlene DeFour, right? Said Joe. Yeah, Darlene's a good neighbor, but she's not very inspiring to paint. I've been working on her since last Christmas. Man, that flat blonde hair, that open mouth. Said Joe. Not very picturesque. Mother called her a bottom mushroom kind of woman. Joe himself had the kind of swingy black hair that Herman did desire to paint. He wondered what Joe looked like with his clothes off. You keep in shape, he remarked. Well, my wife owns a gym, so whatever. We're not allowed to eat dessert at my house. Herman shuddered. I need to get busy and paint. Herman remembered the stern look of the woman at Dinosaur and her frizzy brown hair. Joe's challenge was giving him energy. It would be fun to actually sell a painting. His mother's spirit would approve. Using a blunt black pencil, he outlined Reader Woman holding her newspaper, exaggerating the hair into a cloud of confetti. Instead of looking down at the paper, he positioned her staring at them and frowning. She had coffee and donuts next to her on the table. 
She wore flowered pants. Joe left Herman alone during the sketching and made coffee. When he returned to the sun porch with two mugs of coffee and a plate of graham crackers, the sketch was roughed out. Wow, you, you are fast. Herman thought about hugging Joe, but he stayed back. This Cavallario was a married guy and in perpetual mourning. Better not to ruffle his duffel bag. All that afternoon, Herman worked on the painting. He had secretly taken a photo of the reading woman with his phone, but he almost didn't need it. The memory of her sharp features and stern face was vivid in his mind. She had a straight, determined nose. They stopped at 6 p.m. for dinner. Herman made canned biscuits and thawed some three-bean soup from the freezer. He took out a berry pie. Wow, this is a feast, said Joe. Liz and I haven't had the heart to cook real food since Bethany died. That must have been unbelievable, said Herman. Pneumonia, said Joe. I think I brought home the flu from my office. I probably killed my own daughter. You didn't kill anybody, said Herman. You loved her. They slurped up the soup for several minutes. Yeah, life is pretty bad sometimes, said Joe. My mother encouraged me to enjoy life, said Herman. But she never had a two-year-old baby die. My father died, but he was 49 years old. Death of a family member is always unbearable, said Joe. My family was no help at all. My mother said, have another one, like Bethany was replaceable or something. Wow, nobody could replace my mother, said Herman. After dinner, they sat together on the couch, facing the canvas of reading woman and drinking wine. Herman considered how to continue. The face was looking too severe. He decided to soften the eyebrows. He sketched in the newspaper, coffee, and donut. For all we know, this woman drinks coffee at Dinosaur every Wednesday. I want her to like this painting, even though she isn't smiling. She might yell at us, said Joe, or sue you for using her image. Thanks a lot, said Herman. I could always burn the canvas. He tried out a shade of turquoise on the pants. People always imagine they look better than they do. That's why I prefer photography, said Joe. Pictures don't lie. Go get your camera. Joe sprinted to his house and returned with a gigantic Nikon. That camera looks serious, said Herman. Yes, I should probably use the 1S1. It's like a miracle toy. Joe took many photos of Herman doing his work. The secret to photography is shooting a lot and then canning the bad ones. Take some shots of me next to the red granite, said Herman. This countertop is fabulous, said Joe. It's a good thing you don't always follow your mother's advice. By 9 p.m., the painting of Reading Woman was finished. It isn't a Joconda, said Herman. But neither was that woman. Hey, said Joe, raising his hands. You're probably the only one besides me in the neighborhood who knows the real name of the Mona Lisa. See you tomorrow, said Herman, to finish our bet. That night, around 11 p.m., Joe texted him. Liz is taking the weekend off to visit her mother in Saratoga. Sell the painting on Friday, 11 a.m., after she leaves? Herman replied with a smiley face. On Thursday, he felt as good as he had before his mother died. Maybe her suggestion about planting the berry bushes was the most valuable since it set a trap for his neighbor. Darlene stopped by for coffee. I saw you cavorting with our sad neighbor, she said. You do know he's married. Of course, Darlene. His baby daughter died. 
His wife is a joke. I know everything. So why are you wasting your time? Listen, darling. You're a friend with Liz, right? Yes, I belong to her gym. Are you eating her out? Darlene took a moment to think this through. Then her face screwed up like a freckled balloon. You don't have to talk dirty. Isn't that what you were doing with me? I guess. My feelings can be hurt. Herman, I'm sorry. Your mother and you always been so nice to me. Herman bowed, but he felt sorry that his spirit was reduced to his sexuality. He wished Darlene had not swallowed the light last slice of berry pie. The next day, Joe arrived around 11.15 in the morning, wearing a slouchy outfit and open-toed sandals. Herman thought that if Joe were his partner, he could tell him how to dress. He was basically a handsome guy, but those shoes! Joe flopped onto the couch. Liz thinks this painting challenge is a great idea. She's been worried about my depression. So your wife approves of me? You might say that, especially the gay part. She thinks of herself as being open-minded. She studied sociology at school and she writes poetry. We should all have dinner together. Herman smiled woodenly. He was not expecting this. The scene he was imagining involved Joe getting Joe in his bed and going all priestly on him, not going out with a wife. Was Joe living in a mushroom world? Let me show you the painting, said Herman. He turned around the canvas that was resting against the dining room table. Joe stood up. Wow. He said. He stared at the painting for a long time. I love this. Her hair is beautiful, but she's so mean and strong. She looks familiar. She's a badass. Agreed, Herman. Those purple pants. Yeah, I changed the color yesterday. Let's go, said Joe. Herman could see that the painting moved him. They loaded the large canvas into the truck of trunk of Herman's car. During the ride to Dinosaur Donut, Joe was silent for several miles. You know, that painting really reminds me of my wife. She kind of has that hair and that same attitude. You did not paint the woman at the donut shop. You painted Liz. Herman shrugged. Well then, I guess I don't have to worry about making the donut woman angry. At the Dinosaur Donut, they were the only ones in line. The cashier was a 30-ish guy, tall and skinny, with a ponytail and a name tag that said, Elk. We'll have half a dozen cinnamon donuts and... Uh, Herman held up the painting for the cashier to see. I was wondering if I could hang this up to sell. Elk stared at the painting. Wow, that is so cool. He said. It looks like my Aunt Ethel. Do you think you could sell it for me? Fucking A, said Elk. Luckily, I'm the manager of this dinosaur, so I can approve you putting on the, it on the wall. The price can't be above $500, though. Sorry, company policy. You know what? Joe butted in. We don't want to sell it. I'm going to buy this painting. We'll bring you something else next week. Oh, I'm sorry. The picture has to include donuts. Set out. Company policy. Herman and Joe found a square table with room for the painting. Are you sure about this? Said Herman. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll pay you 500 bucks. I think Liz will love it. No, no, it's a gift. I'll paint another one to sell here. I'll create a portrait of Elk. Joe smiled. Good idea. You can include the display case or him handing over a box of donuts. 
That looks like a character, said Herman. Dinosaur man. By the time Herman's summer vacation was over, he felt as though he was the master of good deeds. Joe was smiling a lot more, and it was because they were friends. The portrait of Elk was a big hit, and Elk offered to buy it for $300. Herman gave it to him for 50 It was the first picture Herman had sold, and he was proud of its cartoonish pools of color and exaggerated realism. It reminded him of an Alice Neal painting, maybe more modern because of the dinosaur donut background. Herman was attracted to Elk, but he hesitated to make a move. Elk was a 30-year-old donut manager, what his mother would have called a turkey tail fungus, the kind that stuck to the side of a tree stump. Let's have dinner with Liz, Herman suggested. He felt like a god of largesse. They were having donuts and coffee. Joe smiled and shook his head. Sure, but it can't be only the three of us. What about Darlene? What about her? I mean, Darlene is our neighbor. She's all alone, divorced. Herman set down his dinosaur mug. I might throw up. Oh, come on, Herman. You talk about Darlene all the time. I love to make fun of her. Well, that's something. Joe raised his eyebrows. Herman shrugged. Okay, let's include Darlene. But personally, I want to invite Elk. He smiled at the manager, who was wiping up tables and listening in. He's more my type. Well, we can both invite Darlene and Elk. Just because we have dinner with somebody doesn't mean we have sex with them. It does where I come from. Herman smirked. But my mother would not have approved of Elk. Well then, good thing she's dead. Joe smiled in a devilish way. When five of them went to dinner at Olive Garden, Herman couldn't help noticing there were mushrooms on the menu. Mushroom sauce, mushroom salad. Darlene showed up wearing a ruffled t-shirt and jeans with flowers stitched on them. Liz's frizzy hair was shaved off on one side. But the satisfying thing about the garden was how hard the other customers stared at them. They sat across from a squared-off family of four, and the oldest child, a girl with straggly hair, couldn't take her eyes off of Elk and his um, long braid or Herman's rings. Herman put his arm around Elk's bony shoulders, and the girl's mouth fell open. Oh my goodness, you'd think they never saw a hippie, said Elk. Is that what you are? asked Darlene loudly. Herman smiled. Don't ask us to get into labels, Darlene, because you might not like yours. You calm down, commanded Liz. We're all neighbors here. Sounds like you're teaching a class, Lizard, said Joe. Yeah, a class of kindergartners. They were served by a cheery waitress named Babette, who recognized Elk. I've seen you before, honey. Yeah, I, uh, I run the donut shop next door. Said Elk. I'm the day manager. Cool. Maybe I'll come and see you sometime. Elk stared at the wait as the waitress walked away. This happens to me all the time. Women like me because I manage a donut shop, you know? They want free samples. The job is a real chick magnet. Is that good? Asked Herman. Well, no, because I'm gay. After that, Herman's mood improved about 500%. He talked about how he hated his job at the law firm and how he planned to retire early, how he was saving up to travel to France and to Cuba, how he needed a travel companion. 
Are you dating anybody? Liz asked Elk. No. Said Elk firmly. I treasure my independence. I do not like to travel. I bicycle on the weekends and look at rocks and trees. I walk around in the snow wearing snowshoes. Herman's mood imploded. He felt his brain deflate. The day after the dinner at Olive Garden, Joe stopped by Herman's house uninvited. Herman dragged himself off the couch on the porch. He opened the door and swept his arm to guide Joe inside. Well, I have a new hobby, said Joe, heading for the kitchen. I'm analyzing people's lives and telling them what to do. Isn't that what you do already as a lawyer? Said Herman crabbily, his arms akimbo. Boss people around? Yeah, sure. I mean, I love practicing law. Now I'm expanding that bossiness to my friends' lives. Joe started heating up the water for tea. Well, go on, said Herman. Since you know everything, tell me what to do. I think you should date Elk, but not move in with him. Don't take him to Cuba. That's number one. Okay, I get it. What else? Take Darlene to France. Herman made a gagging noise. You can't be serious. Darlene, I hate her. You don't hate her. I'm not saying have sex with her or imitate her wardrobe. Just use her as a traveling companion. You mean a beard? I don't like using beards. I don't even know what that means. But with Darlene, you won't have to travel alone. Jesus, she'll wear polyester, big hats, and talk my ear off. You can handle it. I might have to pay for her plane ticket and separate hotel rooms. Oh, and another thing. You and Elk need to go out into the woods this weekend. Search for mushrooms. And when you get it back home, sit with Elk in front of the fire. And burn your mother's notebook. The end.